On this week's episode of The Fizz, we catch up on the historically bad Detroit Red Wings. I pop my top over how bad the Detroit Lions are, touch a little bit on the Pistons and D. Rose's killer quote. I even touch about Nick Cannon and Eminem before we get into a little over under. But before we get into all that, I do want to thank and tell you guys about my fantastic sponsor, Vapor Fresh. If you haven't heard of Vapor Fresh, it is a 100 botanical ingredient sports deodorizing spray. It smells great, it works great, and the best part about the whole thing is it doesn't feel chemically, it doesn't smell like chemicals, and it will not irritate your skin. I use it on all my hockey equipment every single week, and I'm skating anywhere from one to three times a week. I've had the equipment since high school, that's over 10 years ago, and I'm telling you guys, my stuff feels and smells like new. Everyone on my hockey team has it. The great guys at Vapor Fresh gave a, a, bo- a box to my entire team, and we all use it. And in fact, some of the guys keep asking for more. And what I keep telling them is to go to Amazon.com, search Vapor Fresh, and then use the code FizzPodcast for 20% off. This stuff is great. And let me tell you guys, what's even better about them is they are very invested in the city of Detroit. Uh, They obviously sponsor Champagne Athletics. They sponsor the Fizz. And they've also sent plenty of boxes over to Detroit Boxing Gym, which is an after-hours program uh, uh, for inner-city students. And, you know, they're providing their their sports deodorizing spray to all their boxing equipment absolutely free. You know, if you don't play hockey or you don't really play sports, that's okay, too. You can use it on your running shoes, your yoga mat, and anything else in between. It is an absolutely great cleaning and smelling uh, product, and I'm happy to be sponsored by them. So go check them out. That's Vapor Fresh. Go to Amazon.com, search Vapor Fresh, use the code FizzPodcast, and take yourself 20% off and s- put it in someone's stocking this year. Great little stocking stuff for a little Vapor Fresh. Go try them out, guys. But now, let's get into the Fizz. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I ball hard. Don't just be ball I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining me here today after a month-long hiatus. You guys know how I love my hiatus, my hiatuses. Um, Sorry it's been so long since I've been on the mic, but life gets busy, and honestly, Detroit sports suck so goddamn bad. I have been in a deep-rooted, seasonal, and sport-channel depression lately and haven't been able to crawl out of the hole and talk to you guys and to be honest there's not much good news going on so I didn't really know what to say or to bring you guys but we're here now we're here at episode 38 we're not going to be all doom and gloom we're going to be pretty much mostly doom and gloom because that's pretty much all there is to talk about but but I hope everyone is staying warm I have moved down back into the basement from the garage was out in the garage for all of summer even early parts of fall it started to get real cold uh got out there today and it was 
it was absolutely freezing. It was freezing. I'm actually surprised my microphones are still working, but we had to come back inside. We're back in the basement. So now instead of like the rain and garage noises, um, such as like the wind or the buzzing lights, we might have like my HVAC or my dog uh, walking around because that's what we got to deal with inside the house, inside the, in the side of the basement, the original spot of the recording studio at the house. So we're in the basement here. We got the Christmas lights. We're feeling good. It's still a little chilly down here, but a lot better than it was in the garage. So sports fans, how are we doing? How are we holding up? And what fucking sports are we even watching lately? I mean, there is nothing, nothing in regards to the state of Michigan that is fun to look at, positive to talk about, exciting to look forward to. There's nothing. There's nothing. The Red Wings are the worst they've been since they were the Dead Wings in the 80s. It is it is historically embarrassing. It's something that doesn't even make sense. My brain doesn't even know how to process how bad the Red Wings are. The Lions are being the Lions. They're the shittiest team, the shittiest organization in all of professional sports. I can almost say that with full confidence. They are so goddamn shitty, and once again, they're creatively shitty in a way that has blown my mind how I never thought they could do, could blow my mind. Um, they found a new way to piss me off this year, and you know we could talk about that. The Pistons seem to be the best team in the city, and they're still four games under 500 on the outside looking into the playoff picture, um, but that's the best thing we got. And honestly, if you're a Michigan, Michigan State fan, like, go fuck yourself. Everything sucks there, too. Um, Michigan State is just dog shit at, at, at football this year. We know that. Michigan got shit pumped by Ohio State like they do every year. And then Michigan State basketball... Obviously, not a number one seed team like they came in to start the season. And I think Michigan's pretty good, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not watching any fucking um, Michigan basketball lately, but I've heard they've, they've had a better start than usual. Um, but outside of maybe the, the 10 and 14 Pistons and the upstart uh, U of M Wolverines in basketball, uh, it is a pretty bleak outlook universally all around for the state of Michigan, and most importantly, most focus on the uh, city of Detroit. I mean, this has to be, this has to be collectively the shittiest all, all four sporting teams have been in a year all time. I have no idea if that stat's correct, but at least in my lifetime, it's an absolute no doubter. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how it, how it could ever, ever be worse. I mean, we, the Tigers are going to have the number one overall draft pick. The Lions are like a weird, like a three game scenario out of getting the number one overall draft pick. And the Red Wings are by far and away going to have the most lottery balls uh, in the field of play for the, the draft. I mean, Watching the wings is like a fucking chore now. It's an absolute like duty. I check I check my phone, see if there's a game. And a lot of times I like let out a long sigh. I'm like, oh God, there's a wings game. Gotta watch the game. And last night I watched that Winnipeg Jets game and they they are just awful. I mean, they look like a minor league team out there. They're 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 inexcusably bad at professional ice hockey. Um I think, you know, a lot of you guys 
probably are big Wings fans out there know the numbers. They only have seven wins. Um, they have the worst goal differential in the entire NHL. They are currently sitting at minus 62. And last year, the worst team in the NHL with goal differential was the LA Kings at minus 61. So the Red Wings are already there, um, you know, 32 games into the season. We still have 50 games left to play, and they're already at a minus 62 goal differential. They have 67 goals for and 129 goals against. Yes, they have lost 12 in a row, which is their worst mark since the 1982 season. 82 season. They have not been this they have not been on this bad of a run since 1982. That is so fucking crazy. The, the the stats that you can toss out about the Detroit Red Wings right now are out of control. So the Wings are in the Atlantic Division, and they currently have seven wins, 22 losses, and three overtime losses. They're in dead last in the Atlantic. Right above them is the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators have 13 wins, 17 losses, and one overtime loss. They have 10 more points than us. And they have 84 goals for, okay? That is 17 goals more than us. And we are one spot away from each other in the standings. We are we have the lowest win total in the NHL by two losses next to the New Jersey Devils. We have the lowest point total in the NHL um, by six points compared to the New Jersey Devils, again. And... We're just dog shit. I mean, we're absolutely dog shit. Last night after the Winnipeg game, I was up pretty late and I watched the entire like FSN broadcast, you know, where uh, fucking uh, Mickey wasn't on last night, but it was like uh, Kenny and fucking John, it wasn't even John Keating. It was Mickey York. It was like the B crew. Um, you know, Ozzy was on there. And they were just talking about, like, they re- none of them had anything to say. Like, oh, you know, like, when you're in a dark place like this, you lose this many games, it's hard to get out. You know, I think, uh, you know, they need to work on the toughness. Like, all just the generic hockey shit. But then after the game, they were interviewing all the players, you know, and they talked to Larkin and they talked to Glenn Denning. And those guys were absolutely speechless. I mean, one of the interviewers looked at Larkin, like, dead, dead on and just said, yeah, you guys are losing a lot more games this year, and do you know why you're getting blown out so bad every game? And he just said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. He had no idea what to say. He had absolutely no clue what to say. And everyone in that room was speechless. Glenn Denning had no clue what to say. No one has any idea what to do. They are just, they're the absolute pits of the NHL, and it's absolutely mind-blowing. Um Anyways, that minus 62 goal differential, which I cannot seem to let go, that is the worst in the NHL. So, like, last place team, like, worst, close, the closest to that is a minus 37, again, by the New Jersey Devils. Uh, minus 37 and a minus 25 by the Sharks. Um, and then I'm sure if any of you were on Twitter Day, on Instagram, anywhere you saw, there have been five coaches fired in the time since the time the Red Wings have won their last game. That's absolutely incredible. So the Red Wings or so if, if I, I think I butchered that a little bit, but 
five coaches have been fired in the time from the Red Wings' last win, which is crazy, absolutely crazy. And, you know, I keep seeing a bunch of stuff from, like, Red Wings' Twitter, Red Wings' Instagram, everything that says, you know, it's time to fire Blaschel, fire Blaschel, fire Blaschel. And, again, I'm still going to stick with, you know, what I've always said. It doesn't matter if you fire Blaschel. It doesn't matter who's behind that bench. I don't care if Scotty Bowman's behind that bench. This roster stinks. It sucks out loud. It's so bad. It's not going to win. I don't care who's behind the fucking bench. You have an AHL talent team out there. This was going to happen. Iserman, the whole fucking organization, knew this was going to happen. I don't think they thought it was going to be this bad. But I don't think if you put another coach back there, that uh, that this, I mean, maybe the record's a little different, but it's not going to really move the needle. This roster stinks. And if you don't like Blashill, that's one thing. But firing him in the middle of this, this rebuild is just not worth it. You know, if the boys are fighting in the locker room and Blashill's a bad guy and he's and he's kind of like, you know, like treating the players badly and it's and it's a cancer to the locker room, sure, fire him. But I don't think this roster is designed to win with no matter who the fuck is behind the bench. Like, I don't see really a point in firing him. If he's got the respect of the players and whatever it is, like, even if you fire him once the roster is good, that's fine. But I don't even think he has the players to, to, to perform. You know, like, maybe he just got caught in the middle of horrible timing and this is just shitty wings and he'll always be remembered as, like, the shitty wings coach. And if that's what it has to be, it has to be. But I don't think there's, like, a pressing need to get Blashill out of town. That's not going to, like, help them win games. And right now, quite frankly, we don't need to win a ton of games. I, I wish it wasn't this horrible, but I'll tell you one thing. My leash is a lot longer for the Detroit Red Wings. 25 years of the playoffs, six cup finals, four Stanley Cup championships. I'm okay with a little longer leash here with the Wings. Um do I wish they were great? Yeah. Do I wish we would never miss the playoffs and we'd always go to the cup finals? Of course I do. Silly fucking question I'm asking myself. But but at the end of the day, like that's just not realistic. And we knew Holland put together really shitty recipe for us to hit rock bottom. This is definitely the bottom of the bottom. And we know once Iserman's plan set in place, we'll see if you know, everything comes together. But right now, I don't think there's any real rush to fire Jeff Blaschel. I've even had like a few DMs of people saying like, why should I trust the process? Why should I trust the process? It's because like Iserman just got here and he's still dealing with a bunch of Holland's contracts. If you really thought we were going to go out this year and compete for a playoff spot, you're, you're pretty delusional. I mean, of course, I get excited for this season. It was nice to see the boys win the first three games, but we always knew this was a bad team. We always knew we didn't have the defense. We didn't have the goaltending. Even if we had a few sparks on offense, which I think we do, we don't have a formidable roster. As the game wears down, as you start getting into our third and fourth lines, like we're fucked. Like we're gonna lose we're gonna lose a lot of games. But the real issue for me now is obviously just watching the games, because what am I gonna do? I'm just watching for the Red Wings to lose. Like what am I supposed to be looking at here? Like these these one and done players that aren't gonna be on the team in a year. No, I want to gamble on the games because I fucking love gambling. I love watching the Red Wings. So what do I do here? So my my rule has always been I never bet against any Detroit sports teams, Lions, Pistons, Tigers, Red Wings, and I never bet against Michigan State. I've never done it. I really don't plan on doing it. 
but I have a few good buddies who are just betting against the Red Wings. They're huge Wings fans. I don't deny their their fandom. I'm not questioning that. But they bet against the Red Wings almost every game now, and they're just stacking money while I'm over here fucking, you know, getting peed on. I'm getting my face pissed on by watching these Red Wings games because I'm just sitting there taking the over. I'm hitting 50-50 because Wings overs are like at seven now because they score so many goals on us. And they're taking the opposing team minus one and a half, and they're winning every fucking bet. Before watching that Winnipeg game, I was like, I should take the the Winnipeg Jets minus one and a half. They're going to shit pump us. They're going to shit pump us. Just bet on the Winnipeg Jets and make money. It's free money. All you got to do is sit here and watch the wings get shit pumped. It doesn't mean you're not a wings fan, Frank. Just take If you're going to sit here and watch the game, Frank, you might as well win some fucking money. You don't have to root for the Jets. You can just watch what happens because what you bet is not going to change the outcome of the game. Guess what I did? Guess what I did? I didn't do anything. I just sat there. I sat there with my fucking dick in my hand, and I watched the stupid fucking game, and I watched the Red Wings get outshot like 38 to fucking 10, and then they they lost, I don't even know what it was, 6 to 1, 5 to 1. Who the fuck knows? I didn't even take the over on it because I think the over was 6.5 because 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 they know everyone's going to score 100 goals versus the Wings. But Winnipeg minus one and a half was sitting at plus 103. And for those of you trying to follow along at home, that means if I would have bet $100 on the Jets to win by more than one goal, by more than one goal, I would have won $103. But guess what I did? I did nothing. I did fucking nothing. And that is like a microcosm of what this fucking fall season or even this year of sports has been it has been ever since michigan state lost to fucking texas tech in the final four everything has sucked everything has sucked i don't even care about like the lions at 2-0-1 that was just that was just setting up for sucking harder everything in my sports world has just come crumbling down as i explained every fucking every detroit team sucks I've had a horrible fantasy year. I'm out of both playoffs, like five and nine in both leagues. And uh, winning bets is just a thing of the past. I don't even know what that feels like anymore. And last night, I was staring a no-doubter in the fucking eyes. I was staring at it, but I didn't want to break my Red Wings, Detroit, stupid personal code of ethics, which is which is nothing. That is, is a weak bottomless foundation to stand on because who gives a shit it's not like it's not like I'm not fans of my teams it's just I can't get over this weird hump of betting against them I I just can't bring myself to do it today I put it on my Instagram story a lot of people responded a lot of people voted said it's not dirty to do just do it just just bet against them Frank if you're gonna watch all these fucking shitty games you might as well make some goddamn money in the process and I know that the Wings are coming back home on Thursday night and they're playing the Winnipeg Jets and Hullabuck is going to be starting for the Jets and I know the Jets are going to win. I have a chance, another chance yet again, to bet against the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. The two buddies that always bet against the Red Wings, they always tell me to bet against the Red Wings. I'm going to be with them on Thursday night with my hockey team and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to... I just, I don't know. I just feel fucking weird about betting against them. It's just, I've never done it. I always said I wouldn't do it, but I mean, 
I mean, I got so close with the Tigers this summer because the Tigers were dog dog shit as well. And like, I was like, they play like every single night. So it was just like, all right, like, why not like fucking just, you know, toss some sheets on the other team for once. But the wings, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm panicking about it a little bit. But as we exit, exit from the Red Wings topic here, there's one thing I want to say, and this is what uh, someone DM me today. Um, I posted on my story that the Wings have lost 12 in a row, their worst losing streak since 1982. And someone DM me and said, well, you all, you know what happened. You know what happened the draft, the draft season after 1982. And I know I know a lot of a lot of real ones out there know exactly what happened in 1983 NHL draft. But if you don't know, number four overall, we took a guy named Steve Iserman. Just saying. Just saying. Hopefully it's a sign. Hopefully it's destiny. And of course, we always trust in Stevie. LGRW. Okay, now that we've talked about the Red Wings a little bit, we can really get into uh, the Dust Bowl here, which is what we're going to get into when we talk about our fucking Detroit Lions. I don't even want to call them our Detroit Lions because I'm embarrassed that they are ours, that we call them our fucking professional football team because they are a sick, nasty, ugly, dirty, embarrassing fucking joke. They give the colors blue and silver a bad name. It's, it is... I, like I always say, the Lions are the fucking Lions because of the new, creative, and insane ways that they upset you and break your heart and make your stomach turn and then how much you hate them. And it's always in a weird way. Like I've said before, like they can go 0-16 and blow your fucking mind. They can lose in the playoffs to Dallas over a picked up flag and blow your goddamn mind they could they could they could impl- they could fucking not complete a process they could fucking throw a challenge flag when you're out of challenges and do like a 10 second runoff or some fucking wild shit just anything that they can do to fucking snap the cock right off your body they will do and they will eat it alive they'll eat it in front of you and for whatever reason all you need is like fucking f- six months to go by and once september rolls around you're you're just like back to loving them again and this season is just like an abomination of a collapse of of a broken organization that doesn't know which direction it's heading, let alone for some idiot in his basement to print shirts that say forward and to tweet it and to hashtag it. They are going so far backwards. But, but honestly, even going backwards would look like an upgrade from whatever errant direction that they're headed because they don't know which way is fucking up we have a guy named david blau david blau starting for us right now and he's not even the backup to stafford we already lost that guy a couple weeks ago this is so fucking much of an embarrassing season. I don't even know where to begin. The Lions right now are 3-9 and 1. They have lost 6 in a row. They did not win a game in the month of November. Let's just fucking cozy up to that idea. They didn't win in the month of November. They were 2-0 oh, and 1. They are now 3-9 and 1. I'm no mathematician, but that sounds like 1 and fucking 9 
in your last 10. I thought they could compete for this division, and that makes me want to fucking puke as I say it and look myself long and hard in the mirror, and I should never speak on this microphone again or be able to comment on football forever believing that this team could be more than the basement of the NFC North and uh, top five draft pick team. I mean, it doesn't look like anyone in the organization has any clue what the fuck is going on. After we lose football games um, that we shouldn't be losing, that we're giving up the lead late, whatever it is, our head coach, our fat-ass fucking bearded pencil dick uh, rocket scientist of a coach is talking about pad level and toughness of the team. We've had a lead in every single game that we've played in this year besides the dicking we just took from the Minnesota Vikings last week. And Patricia talks about the team's toughness and willingness to not give up. Well, you know, if they were a tough team, um, if they didn't give up, they might close out some of these games that, that they've lost. And sure, sure, most of the games have been pretty damn close outside of every game versus the Vikings. Every game has been pretty much within eight points. Whoop-de-fucking-do. No one gives a shit if you come close at all. What we care about is fucking Ws. And, I mean, we've lost to the Redskins. We've lost to the Raiders. We tied the Cardinals. We are dog shit. We are dog shit. We don't have um, a division win. Yeah, we got a little job versus the Packers game, but we don't have a division win. Um, And... I, it's it's just so hard to envision this this team being good next year that it's just like, can we just start the fuck over? Can we stop picking up Patriot dog scraps thinking that because they've donned the red, white, and blue of New England that it's going to turn the Lions into a fucking winning team? Just because Patricia was manning the fucking Patriots defense when they lost to the Eagles by a billion fucking points in the Super Bowl doesn't mean that he's going to turn this team around defensively. And defensively, we've been an absolute joke. He comes in to this fucking city and he's, he's a grouch. He's, he's fucking mulling around like he's Belichick, like he's fucking won something. And, and realistically, he hasn't. He's telling reporters to sit up during interviews and shit and show him respect when he's not showing anyone of the reporters or the media any sort of respect. He wants this patriot way that he doesn't even know how to... F- orchestrate or facilitate he fucking shipped Quandre Diggs a team captain a team leader a young guy that we just re-signed that was a big hit in the locker room out to Seattle because he wants to control voices in the locker room Quandre Diggs now has three interceptions since we traded him the entire Detroit Lions secondary or defense as a whole has two let that sink in just let these fucking stats rain down on your body swimming them get comfortable with them and then people like me sick fucks like me need to look themselves in the mirror and ask what are you doing what are you doing why do you get excited about this team every year why do you put any faith in them they have been losing for fucking 60 years ford bought the team in the fucking 60s they've been dead losing for 56 years 
The problem starts at the top, and the top's not going away. You can buy as many sell-the-team sell shirts as you want. The team is not going anywhere because the Lions make more money than the Red Wings, the Pistons, and the Tigers combined, and that's a fucking fact. And the more, like, the more we keep pumping money into this fucking team and this in this fucking stadium every Sunday, there's no way they're ever going to sell the team because it prints it prints money, and lunatics like us in Detroit are going to keep going back every single week and show up every single year. And I guarantee next year I'm going to be all juiced up again. But I I have to remember this moment. I have to remember this feeling of how unwatchable they've actually become. I mean, they're just they're just absolutely unwatchable. I, I didn't watch them last week. I had red zone on. The only play I saw was Galladay's touchdown. If that makes me a bad fan, fine. I don't give a fuck. They're a bad team. They're a bad organization. And the leash with them is non-existent. It's done. Like with the Red Wings, I can deal with how shitty they are because you know what? They gave me four Stanley Cups. They gave me 25 playoff appearances. They gave me six cup finals in my lifetime. They've given me fucking Iserman, Fedorov, Shanahan, Lindstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Osgood, fucking everyone in between, everyone in between. All I have with the Detroit Lions is an, a grumpy, retired, way too early Barry Sanders, uh, a, a, a spiteful and non-existent to the organization Calvin Johnson because he hated playing for you so much. And then I have I have Matthew Stafford, who I love with all my heart. But I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of low-key worried, back in my mind, back in my mind, that Matthew Stafford might be done forever. I think that's a crazy hot take. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. But look at Andrew Luck. Fucking broken neck or whatever the hell he had. Like, he just had spinal shit. When your spine's fucked and the rehab sucks and you want to be able to walk again, and you have three daughters like Matthew Stafford does with a wife who had a brain tumor, and you're on the Detroit Lions, who are the shittiest organization in all of professional sports, eh, retirement sounds pretty fucking great. It sounds pretty fucking great. Now, I think Matthew loves football too much, and he's way too competitive to ever walk away, but man, I am almost to the point. I am almost to the fucking point that I hope Tom Brady retires from football from the Patriots and that we make a deal and send Stafford to the Patriots because I am to the point of players that I like on the Lions I just get happy for them when they get out when they get out of this fucking toxic losing culture organization that they actually get out and they're successful or they're happy I'm just I'm just happy for them like good like Quandre Diggs good man you're on Seattle Seattle fucking rocks you got Russell Wilson Pete Carroll they know what the fuck they're doing out there we have no clue we have fat boy Patricia roving around on a fucking scooter and we got David Blau throwing fucking interceptions to the Minnesota Vikings in week fucking I don't even know what week we're in week what 14 I don't who cares um they're a joke they're an absolute joke and I can't stand them. I can't stand them. I can't even look at that goddamn logo right now because they drive me so nuts. And it's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to get, we're going to get excited about the draft pick again. This is like what we live for as Detroit Lions fans. We just, we just get excited for a draft pick that is eventually going to fuck up or be a bust. Hawkinson hasn't done shit. Uh, I mean, every one of Quinn's picks besides Galladay. Like they haven't done anything. So what are we supposed to do? Get excited. I just, I just am a part of this theory that whoever we pick, even if it's Trey young, 
We get number one overall pick. See, we get the number one guy. Yay. He's going to suck here. He could go anywhere else and be awesome, but he's going to suck if he puts on Honolulu blue and silver. It, it's just like, how am I not supposed to believe that? Everyone who comes here, we just have a losing culture. Take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, uh, they lost the number one receiver in the league. They lost the number one running back in the league, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and then their backups, both injured. Connor, Juju, uh, a lot of injuries on offense and defense, not to mention Ben Roethlisberger goes out for the season. Mason Rudolph is fucking terrible. They got a guy named Duck Hodges as their quarterback. Devlin Hodges. And they are 8-5 and five and looking at a playoff spot if the season ended today. That is absolutely mind-blowing. That is a winning culture. Next man up. It doesn't matter who it is. Now, I want to say the same about the Patriots, but lately it kind of seems like the Patriots are just have just been cheating. It sounds like they just spy on all their teams and they know what plays are coming, So, which I fully, fully believe. I just fully believe the Patriots have have had a lot of success because they cheat. I mean, this is the second time they've been caught filming people, so how can you not believe they cheat? But the Steelers, maybe they're maybe they're cheating. I don't know. Fuck. I, the Lions should get in a little bit of cheating. Maybe we should start filming some fucking people. I don't think it would help. I don't think it matters. But you look at the Steelers, and it's next man up, and it's a winning culture, and they're making it happen. We need that winning mentality back. That's why it's like you watch the Red Wings. Yes, they suck dick. Yes, they have seven wins. Yes, they have minus 62 goals. Uh, goal differential. But Iserman's at the helm. You got to trust the plan. I trust zero in Bob Quinn. I trust zero in Matt Patricia. And I definitely don't trust in possibly blind fucking Martha Ford. Like, I don't, I don't know if she just keeps those glasses on for aesthetics or what. But she has no clue what the fuck's going on. I think we all know that. It seems like Bob Quinn has no idea what's going on. And Matt Patricia is just like a fat slob fuck. And unless he can, like, I, I don't think he's even in trouble for losing his job at all. Like, he talks like he's keeping this job, and I think, I think he is because, like, Martha and Bob, you know, like, like him. Like, he's a nice, he's a nice young man. He's a rocket scientist, so let's keep him around. We like smart boys, and smart boys win football games. Not us, not us, not ever. It doesn't feel like. I can't even imagine the Lions being good. Nine and seven is not good enough. Well, I guess fucking three nine and one is exactly what we were going for I, I don't even want to say forward because that sounds dumb we don't even know what direction we're headed i'm just going to hit the button and go to the next section okay guys couple of quick notes here uh sorry i've been yelling so much uh we just we just fucking stink and the lions really are just like oh my god they boil my fucking blood um a couple of notes here and then we're just going to jump into over under and call it a show um but i wanted to say this number one uh Derek Rose hell of a night for the Pistons the other night saw his highlights made a shirt after he got on uh you know F FS Detroit after talking to Johnny Kane and you know Johnny Kane said like how'd you feel with the ball in your hands at the end of the game and he just said I'm born I'm born to do this shit okay pretty pretty epic line put it on a shirt I'm pretty proud of the design I took a while to make it it's on uh the Champagne Athletic shop if you want to go check it out I really like the shirt. I'm not telling you to buy one. Just like, just want you to go check it out, take a look at it, tell me what you think. I got one. Pretty excited about it. I think it looks pretty cool. He said, "Excuse my English, but I'm born to do this shit," which is funny because like it's excuse my French, but 
We all know what you meant, D. Rose. We're happy to have D. Rose here in the city. It would be really nice if the Piskins, Pistons could just at least fight for like a playoff spot or something because otherwise we're just kicking we're just kicking a lot of turds around here in the NBA. And not saying fighting for an eight spot's not kicking turds around. That's kicking turds around, but we need something in this in this sad, sad state of affairs in Detroit. So hopefully maybe we can look forward to that once the whole Pistons squad's healthy. Number two, a little bit of pop culture here. Uh, you know, try to try to stick to sports a little bit, but obviously, you know, this is Detroit related. Um, but I've been on Twitter the last few days here, and R.I.P. Nick Cannon is trending, and it's all about Eminem, and I'm a huge Eminem fan. And I gotta say, it is the funniest Twitter hashtag I've ever followed in my entire life. Uh, apparently, Nick Cannon came out with two, not one, but two diss tracks against Eminem after Eminem rapped on like a Fat Joe song and talked about Mariah Carey. So Nick Cannon is like thirsty for Eminem to like fire back at him. But the diss tracks were so awful, so terrible, that the internet pretty much just put Nick Cannon in a body bag by itself. And if you're wondering what I exactly mean by that, like the hashtag on Twitter is hashtag RIP Nick Cannon. It was trending for over 36 hours, which is like an insane amount of tweets. The the R.I.P. Nick Cannon, Cannon is spelled wrong. So it's like the ultimate sign of disrespect. So it's like R.I.P. to this guy that we care about so little, like we can't even spell his name correctly. People were tweeting out photos of Papa Doc saying, I'm going to tell my kids this was Nick Cannon. Um, all the memes, all the gifts, a lot of SpongeBob's, uh, very, very funny stuff. Apparently Nick Cannon makes fun of Eminem for adopting... Uh, Kim's daughter, Whitney, um, you know, and taking care of her. Uh, and the internet was just like, why are you ripping on a man for like adopting a girl without a family? Like that, that's insane. Um, on top of that, on top of that update tonight after RIP Nick Cannon was trending for 36 hours, Nick Cannon is a racist is now trending on Twitter because Nick keeps tweeting out like, Look at all the angry white boys in my DMs. Nice to meet you. And then tweeted out, hey, white boys, where's your Aryan leader? Um, and then in addition to that, people were pulling up pictures of Nick Cannon do, like dressed as like a powdered white guy. Um, and it's very funny. And now people are calling for him to be fired from the masked singer. I don't think Eminem is going to do anything. I don't think he should. Um, but if he does, I mean, I, I can't wait for it. But like... If he doesn't, I think I think it's just fine. Nick Cannon looks like a complete and utter idiot, and I hate him. Um, you know, I thought I used to like the movie Drumline, but fuck him. And in the words of Dave Chappelle, man, fuck Nick Cannon. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for pop culture and the rap game um, on this section of the fizz. So what we're going to do now, we're going to get into the final segment. It's called Over Under. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Over under, very simple concept. I have one of my buddies send me a list of 10 items. I've never seen the list before. It's in my email. I read the items, and then I tell you if that person, place, thing, idea, concept, whatever it is, is over or underrated. So normally, uh, I have my friend Jerry send me these things. Jerry is a uh, uh, like a little chubby, overweight accountant who lives in Cleveland, and I recently got to drink with Jerry uh, 
like over the past couple weeks. Uh, he was in town. We had some beverages, and I learned that he can't hold his alcohol. He has a few beers. He starts getting real loopy, can't hold it together, uh, gets like this crazy look in his eye. So got to look out for him if you're ever going to have beers with him because he's he's a nut. He's a nut job. He's a nut job. You got to watch out for him. Anyways, Fat Boy couldn't do it today because, swear to God, he said he was working out. He had a workout class to go to. I don't believe that for one fucking second. I believe that fat ass is eating buffalo chicken sliders and uh, fucking, you know, crunching numbers or something like that. But I did have my good friend James Fish send me a list, came through in the clutch, asked him for it late, and now he's taking care of me. So let's open this email from James Fish and see what the list says. So he goes... Here we go. James Fish, opening little line. He wrote, no chance Jerry is working out right now. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. He is definitely not working out right now. And then he said LGRW. And then in parentheses, he wrote, we stink because boy, boy, do we, boy, do we stink. All right. Number one on the list over under number one, going to a movie on Christmas, Christmas day. Um, I've never done this. I've had a lot of family members do this. People say they like it. I would personally say this is overrated. Um, maybe back in the day when I was a kid, when there wasn't on demand, um, and there wasn't Netflix and Hulu and fucking now Disney plus and Amazon prime, um, maybe back in the day, but I would much rather, if you're going to just do like a lazy movie kind of Christmas, I would much rather be on my fucking couch and cozied up and watching a movie. Uh, I have no desire to go to a movie theater out in like the general public on Christmas day. So I'm going to say that's completely overrated. Uh, I have literally no desire to ever do that. Um, I would much rather stay at home and watch a movie if if it's movie day on Christmas. Overrated going to a movie on Christmas day. Number two, getting or giving gift cards as presents. Um, you know, I, I don't mind it getting, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't need like your gift to be some thoughtful fucking, you know, like. Uh, some fucking like pottery that you made in a class with thought in mind, you know, like, or some socks knitted with love. I don't need any of that shit. Um, gift cards are fine. I would rather you just give me money. I mean, money's better, but who knows? I might go buy drugs, grandpa. Maybe I'm going to go buy drugs. I'm kidding. I don't know. Well, my grandpa's are, are passed away, but, um, yeah, gift cards are fine. As long as it's to a place I'm going to go to, like, you know, if you get me a gift card to, to somewhere shitty, that sucks. But in general, I'm, I'm happy to take a gift card and go spend some money at a discounted price somewhere. So getting gift cards is fine. It's, it's over, uh, it's underrated. Getting gift cards as a gift is underrated. I feel like people dog it too much. There's no reason to get mad about getting money to a place that you go to. Number three, ugly Christmas sweaters. Um, This is one of those that, you know, it's like probably just rated, but I'm not allowed to do that. Can't do that. You didn't even hear that. I'm going to say they're underrated. I love ugly Christmas sweaters. I'm a big crew neck sweater guy, big knit sweater fella. So if you get me an ugly sweater that I like, I'll rock the living shit out of that. I love fucking sweaters. So I'm going to say ugly Christmas sweaters are underrated. Um, I know it's kind of like a big fad now to do ugly Christmas sweater parties, but I don't know. I love putting on a good ugly Christmas sweater and like blacking out with my friends because it's Christmas time with like eggnog and fires going. I love it all. Fuck it. Fuck it. I love the holidays. Ugly Christmas sweaters. Um, underrated. Underrated ugly Christmas sweaters. Number four, having a staycation. So having a staycation is very underrated. Um, you know, get a hotel downtown spend a little money, treat yourself, you know, relax, go to the spa, hit the casino, whatever you got to do. Staycations are nice. Um, you know, excuse me, save money on travel, whatever you got to do. 
if you got the money to do a staycation, all more power to you. You know, go to you know, I'd love to go to like downtown Detroit and stay at the Shinola and fucking rub cucumbers on my eyes at a spa or some shit like that. But uh, you know, why not? Why not? Staycation, underrated, underrated staycation. All right, number five. <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna expose me here, fish. That's fine. Number five, going hunting. Fun fact to all the Fizz followers out there, probably going to disappoint some of my more uh, blue-collar bunches, my real manly men, my real uh, hunting guys. Never been hunting. Never been hunting, never been shooting, never held a gun. Don't even know which way to point it. Not a big gun guy, didn't grow up with them. Uh, I I haven't really... The only thing I've killed is a deer. I did kill a deer once. I did get one of them. Um, I got it with my Taurus, my 96 Ford Taurus. I hit it going like 75 miles an hour down the freeway. That's the only time I've ever killed a deer, Uh, but I've never been hunting. I got to say that hunting's overrated because I've never been. I mean, that's actually not how you're supposed to say it. I'm going to say it's overrated just because I've never been, and I don't really have a desire to go. Um, Sitting in the woods, the wilderness, you know, looking for an animal to hunt, not really my bag. If it's all, if it's your bag, more power to you. Nothing against what you're into. Not, not trying to take your second amendment away or take your guns away. Just not my bag. Not going hunting anytime soon. Don't really have a desire to. Going to say going hunting is overrated. Number six, winter. Winter. Winter is, what is winter? Winter is, mm, what is winter? What is winter? Winter is man, fuck. Right now, winter just started, so I'm okay with winter. You know, if you ask me this in the middle of February, here's here's what it is. If you ask me this, like, towards the end of February, maybe even, maybe even January, I'm going to start screaming that it's fucking overrated. I'm going to scream that it's overrated late in the season. Early in the year, I'm okay with it. I like to do my winter activities. I like to go sledding, have a big sledding party, and then I like to go to St. Ignace. Other than that, it's pretty fucking overrated. Like, going to work in the winter, walking around in the winter – overrated the aesthetics of winter playing hockey in the up outside in winter rock is having going sledding in winter drinking like fireball out of a flask that rocks that's that's underrated um i might have said overrated about it but i meant under so overall i'm gonna say winter is overrated for the day-to-day routines which i'm normally doing like right now i had to move out of the garage i'm freezing my balls off in the basement here that this part of winter is overrated, but the fun stuff of winter is underrated. But as a whole, I'll say winter is overrated. That was such an unneeded long answer. I'm sorry. Number seven, McDonald's dollar menu. So I believe the dollar menu is gone. I believe it's just like the one, two, three, it's like the value menu. But the McDonald's value menu or dollar menu, whatever the fuck you want to call it, underrated as hell. That dollar menu put me through fucking college. Let me tell you, at Michigan State, I was living in Cedar Village, and we would walk to that McDonald's three times a day if we had to, and I'd get a McChicken, a McDouble, and a small fry, and it would come out to like a uh, like three. It'd come out to like three nineteen every time, and I, I'd go there with exactly like three dollars nineteen cents, and that's how I fucking fed my fed my broke ass through college, and I loved it. And I love a McChicken. I love a McDouble. I hate the impending sadness that it brings is the the second you're done eating it. But overall, love me some McDo- McDonald's dollar menu shit. Underrated. Number eight. Number eight. Shinola. I love Shinola. 
I'm going to be dead honest with you. I have I have some watches, like love the hotel, love the aesthetics of the watch, don't really want to wear any other kinds of watches. Like the jewelry they make, I love their leather goods, their bikes, everything is sick. They're Detroit branded. Don't even care if it's not fully made in Detroit. It's assembled in Detroit. I know that. I've been to the plant. I like Shinola. Shinola is cool and it's good for Detroit and it makes Detroit even cooler. Shinola is underrated. Number nine, snowball fights. Snowball fights are so underrated. Haven't been in a snowball fight in years. Always sore after a snowball fight. Very sore from taking the snowballs and then you're throwing 100 snowballs in a day. Probably without warming up. Like you're not going to warm up before a snowball fight. They normally just happen like, you know, sporadically. So snowball fights, completely underrated. Love a good snowball fight. Um, Remember that movie Snow Day? Like by Nickelodeon back in the day? That movie rocked. They were filling the snowballs with jelly and shit. That was a fun one. Everyone loved that movie. That was a fun movie. Yeah, you like that movie. I'm not even talking to anybody. I'm in the basement alone. <laughs> All right, number 10. A lot of cold items on here, Fish. Number 10, frozen custard. Frozen custard fucking rocks. Uh, there's a place called Wally's here on the east side on Harper. Um, it's got a big, like, fire truck in it. It's awesome. I've been going there since I was a little kid. My dad used to take me there. Love Wally's frozen custard. Frozen custard is underrated. It reminds me of childhood happy memories after baseball with my dad and nothing's really better than that am i right guys am i right all right let's run back through it really quick going to a movie on christmas day overrated getting gift cards as presents underrated ugly christmas sweaters underrated having a staycation underrated going hunting overrated winter overrated mcdonald's dollar menu hella underrated shinola underrated snowball fights underrated Frozen, custard, underrated. Big underrated list here today, team. But what is not underrated is your dedication to Champagne Athletics and the Fizz. And I appreciate you guys listening to me, coming back, even when I am not as consistent as I should be. Um, Definitely something we got to work on uh, as we keep moving this train forward. If you haven't already, I really appreciate you going on iTunes and giving this a rating and writing a review for me. I would really, really appreciate that. If you don't already follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, go follow Champagne Athletics on all three of them. And don't forget, guys, we got a store uh, on the website as well. So if you go to Champagne Athletics and click the shop button, you'll be taken to the Champagne Athletics store where you can buy yourself some merchandise Um, and then obviously don't ever forget about our great sponsor at vaporfresh go to amazon.com use the code fizz podcast for 20 percent off but hang in there guys it's always darkest before the dawn and that is where we are at in detroit sports history right now Always darkest before the dawn. We'll get out of this together. Have a good week. Simple as whistling Dixie While I'm waving the pistol at 60 Christians against me Go to war with the Mormons Take a bath with the Catholics in holy water No wonder they try to hold me under longer I'm a motherfucking spiteful Delightful Eiffel The new Ice Cube Motherfuckers hate to like you What did I do? I'm just a kid from the gutter Making his butter off these bloodsuckers Cause I'm a motherfucking renegade Never been afraid to say what's up
what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to talk about anything 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 Renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to holler about anything 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 Renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to talk about anything Say what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to holler about anything